two, one. Hello and welcome, people of the world. This is Marketing as a Foreign Language, episode 107. Big news, Facebook versus local news. I took a deep dive researching why it is that local news companies are, let's say, not so happy with Facebook and how one could make the argument that Facebook is destroying local news and its effect on our democracy. Tech CEOs to testify on Wednesday of this week dealing with the Section 230 Communications, excuse me, Decency Act of 1996. Twitter powerhouse you've never heard of. This is a lawyer that works for Twitter, and uh, she appears to be rule-centric and how that may affect Twitter moving forward. New ad options with Pinterest in case you want to look at holiday shopping moving forward. YouTube adding election day warning. So a continuous stream of social media websites uh, getting into politics this year. And last but not least, Google Ads turns 20 years old today. We'll take a look at how they've changed over the years. The incredible unbelievably fun intro. It's something you're going to listen to right now. Facebook versus local news. So techcrunch.com is where this article comes from. According to the article in 2011, when Facebook first took notice of Twitter, it launched its public figure subscribe feature and news links gained more visibility in the feed. So basically, we're going to be talking about how Facebook over time has essentially unwillingly, perhaps unknowingly hurt local news. It seemed like there would be such a beautiful synergy and the two would play so nicely together. Back to the article. By 2014, Facebook, the new big news machine, was in full swing with trending hashtags and news outlets pouring resources into growing their pages, emphasizing the news in news feed restrained users to wait for the big world-changing headlines to come to them rather than crisscrossing the homepage of various publishers. Many don't even click through getting the gist of the news just from the headline and the preview blurb. So the basic argument against Facebook is that they have usurped, usurped the local news ability to have folks go directly to the page. Now, Facebook does have a fairly strong reputation for sending clicks to websites. That being said, it is clear to me that Facebook has taken many, many of the clicks from local news because people simply don't leave Facebook. Or in the instance of what we've seen recently with Twitter, people will retweet a story without even reading it. So many don't even click through, according to the article, getting the gist of the news just from the headline and preview blurb. Advertisers 
followed the eyeballs, moving their spend from the publisher sites to Facebook. So, so to me, this is really the death knell. If you can't receive an adequate amount of funding from advertising as a news publisher, you're toast. This is fairly evident to anyone with a brain. Back to the article. In 2015, Facebook realized users hated waiting for slow mobile websites to load, so it launched instant articles to host publisher content within its own app. Instant articles trained users not to even visit news sites when they clicked their link, instead only having the patience for a fast-loading native page, stripped of the publisher's identity and many of their recirculation and monetization opportunities. So basically, Facebook, I don't believe attempted to destroy local news, but it became perhaps a better distributor of local news. And the argument on behalf of our democracy is twofold. Number one, do we, as just casual bloggers or people that might share a story on Facebook, just the general populace, do we have the capacity to actually perform investigative journalism. This is to say that the reason, the primary reason I would argue that local news is so important is that there are dedicated individuals looking for the truth on a local level, which is very important. Local politics matter. So that being said, Facebook um, has become a place that has basically siphoned revenue from local news outlets. And given that that is a fact one, is it bad for democracy? And two, is there anything we can do about it? So one, yes, I think we have seen a difficult transition. I think the last couple of elections have been um, have been fraught with uh, government uh, governments from around the world, the Russian government interfering. And I also believe that there is a desire to share news that is incendiary and perhaps we have gone off the rails a little bit as a democracy. And then the second thing, is anyone going to do any real investigative journalism on their own? I, there have got to be bloggers and these sorts of folks, but how do we pay local news outlets if we're not actually on their home pages? So it is possible that uh, the government of the United States uh, will look at this and say, you know what, Facebook, we are going to change what you're able to do. Uh, the government regulated seatbelts at a certain point in time, um, and that was the right thing to do. So this is going to get very complicated, and we'll follow it as we move forward. Uh, I do believe the decimation of local news um, does hurt local journalism. Um, and I think local journalism is very important. That being said, uh, let's not forget that Facebook is a private company. And um, until the government regulates what they can do, it is, of course, in their best interest to simply um, make their users as happy as possible, which is what they've done. Tech CEOs to testify on Wednesday. This from foxnews.com. The CEOs of major tech companies will be in the hot seat Wednesday as Republican senators accuse their internet platforms of censoring conservative viewpoints and demand changes to the federal law that protects them from lawsuits. Republicans have long been concerned that big tech was biased against conservative viewpoints, 
but Twitter's effort to shut down the spread of the New York Post's reporting on emails allegedly from Hunter Biden's laptop was the final straw. Um, I do follow uh, both sides. I follow the Rachel Maddows and the Ben Shapiros. On the right, uh, it is clear that uh, conservatives are very upset about what's going on with the New York Post's reporting. Um, they're upset that uh, McEnany, the press secretary's Twitter, was shut down temporarily. Uh, they're upset that uh, the New York Post Twitter account um, has been locked um, for the time being. And so now they are able to fight back on a uh, at, on their home turf, which is uh, obviously um, where this is going to occur. So prompting lawmakers to summon Google, Facebook, and Twitter CEOs to testify before the election. Yesterday, we covered that there is going to happen after the election, and now I'm hearing that it's going to happen this Wednesday. At the heart of Wednesday's hearing before the Senate Commerce Committee is whether social media giants should still be afforded liability protections under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act of 1996. So basically, this Section 230 is going to become a household name. If you haven't heard about it already, uh, it essentially affords liability protections, which is to say Facebook can say, I didn't write it, so I'm not liable for it. Now, if um, a newspaper said something that was incorrect, um, they could be sued for, for um, libel. Uh, but here you have Facebook saying, you know what? That is libel, but don't go, don't go after me. I'm just the conduit. So the real question is, if that changes, would Facebook policy change? And the answer is, of course, absolutely it would. Twitter powerhouse you've never heard of. This from Politico. Uh, Vijaya Gade pitched Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, on a radical idea for a fix. Maybe Twitter should just, well, stop selling political ads. So should Twitter simply stop uh, selling political ads? Well, it turns out they did. Back to the article, it was a bold idea. No other major American platform had simply banned political ads, and Dorsey wasn't immediately sold. For one thing, the company had built itself around a commitment to hosting a free-flowing public conversation. So as we look back on many of these social media titans, Facebook and Twitter in particular, you can see that in the early days, they are committed to free speech entirely. Uh, it makes a lot of sense from a business perspective. Why wouldn't they allow free speech? If folks are saying things that are ridiculous, they're protected under that Section 230. They can simply say, it wasn't me, leave me alone. And as time progresses, they change. Uh, the older the social media um, entities become, it is clear to me now that they uh, they change their minds. Um, perhaps it's the social responsibility, the effect that they're having on a global scale. But uh, it is clear that both Facebook and Twitter, they simply don't have the same sort of free-flowing public conversation incentive, maybe, is the wrong word. They don't have the same drive. Uh, for a completely free speech-oriented environment. So Gade, officially Twitter's head of legal policy and trust, pressed her case, and she had allies on the idea inside the building, including the head of Twitter's trust and safety team. Within days, Dorsey signed off on the idea, announcing a global ban on political ads on October 30th of 2019. 
and an 11 tweet thread detailing the company's reasoning. So there are no political ads on Twitter. And I wonder sometimes if Facebook feels as though they should make a similar decision. Back to the article for those who know the inner workings of Twitter. It was another sign of the rising influence of Gade, the connected liberal-leaning lawyer who has helped drive the company to more heavily regulate what users can say and post Twitter's new rules from the ad ban to its deletion of controversial COVID-19 tweets have rippled through Silicon Valley and caused huge blowback in American politics. This, I think, could be the beginning of the end on a slow curve for the Facebooks and Twitters of the world. I think it is possible that they are going to regulate themselves out of a dominant market share. I think that the the cries, in many of which I agree with, mind you, um, I've said it many times before, you can show me um, things on Facebook that I would uh, entirely agree with you on being hate speech or going too far. Um, I think that when um, the regulations become too restrictive, uh, too burdensome, you lose viewers and you lose audience. And uh, free speech is very attractive and people want to be in an environment where uh, anything goes. It's fun to watch. A good example of this would be for a very long time, boxing uh, reigned supreme. It was uh, the sport to watch. And uh, and now boxing has all but... Uh, been uh, dominated by mixed martial arts, the, the ratings for mixed martial arts uh, through the roof. And uh, the simple fact is that uh, there are fewer regulations in MMA and people gravitate towards that. It's more violent. Uh, the folks in the ring are there by choice. And so there you have it. So is Twitter uh, going to go by way of boxing? It's possible. Uh, everyone has their day in the sun. So new ad options with Pinterest. This from socialmediatoday.com. With the holiday period fast approaching and retailers looking to make a big sales push to the end of a tough year, Pinterest has this week announced a range of new features designed to help merchants maximize reach and sales in the period, including new storefront profiles and new shopping ad format. The reason why I've decided to chat about this particular article is that it's October and it is, we are going to be hearing Christmas music and seeing Christmas sales and experiencing COVID Christmas tomorrow. And so don't be surprised when you're shopping, looking for some disinfectant for your hands and uh, you find yourself in, uh, you know, Christmas land. Pinterest is a fantastic option, obviously for, retailers um, and for a lot of businesses to visually entice customers into purchasing their product and the fact that they have a new range of features is noteworthy. So the updated profile enables merchants to transform their shop tab into a storefront with featured in-stock products organized by category, featured product groups, and dynamically created recommendations. The change essentially gives businesses more ways to present their products on the tab, which could help encourage more shopping behavior. YouTube adding election day warning. Every one of these social media platforms is getting involved in the election this year. YouTube announced Tuesday it will add a label to relevant search queries 
and videos on election day, the label will link to a separate page with Google promoted results from the Associated Press. The company's plan to address early victory claims is less detailed than other social networks. The announcement comes one week ahead of the U.S. elections and as social media companies scramble to tweak policies to contain misinformation ahead of an expected contentious election. So each and every one, uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, I want to say even Snapchat is trying to drive out the vote. Um, they are all playing politics. Um, you could argue that they are simply trying to protect our democracy. In a blog post, YouTube said it will place a label or information panel, as Google calls it, at the top of search results for election-related queries and below relevant videos with the message results may not be final. See the latest on Google. Google Ads turns 20 glorious years old based on the results it saw from universal app campaigns. 2018 ushered in the era of fully automated ads and campaign types in Google Ads. No longer is automation limited to certain aspects of campaign management, such as bidding or dynamic headlines. Now every facet of a campaign bidding, creative, and targeting can be automated. So the basic gist of this article is that uh, in the 20 years that Google has taken our money, <laughs> in the 20 years that they have decided to run Google Ads, um, automation really has come front and center, unsurprisingly. 2018 was the year of responsive search ads, RSAs. Um, they came onto the scene and they used machine learning to predict the best combination of ad titles and descriptions to show a user based on historical data and various signals available at the time of the auction. Advertisers enter several variations of titles and descriptions and hand over the reins to Google algorithms to assemble the winning combinations. So machine learning for Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, LinkedIn, Google, YouTube, it's everywhere. So 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, that is when the show goes live. If uh, you want to join us for the show itself, we'd love to have you. You can leave any sort of comments in chat uh, and or questions, and uh, I can attempt to answer them for you. Facebook versus local news. So takeaway here is that uh, Facebook is killing local news in many ways. I don't think they meant to, but they are. And there are um, currently local news publishers fighting back, or at least attempting to fight back. Tech CEOs to testify Wednesday. Uh, we will keep you abreast of those changes. Twitter powerhouse you've never heard of. Um, basically, Vijaya Gade, the uh, lawyer, uh, head of legal, rather, uh, policy and trust for Twitter, um, helped get political ads off the platform. Will this result in the platform's decline over time? Or will, am I completely wrong? And it will uh, be here 80 years from now. New ad options with Pinterest. Um, if you're an entrepreneur, you really should keep your fingers on the pulse of Pinterest. There are a lot of amazing things you can do there. Uh, YouTube adding election day warning. YouTube among many social media sites that are choosing to weigh in this year for the election. And it's been 20 years since Google ads came on the scene. Well, what the heck? Can you believe it? All right, leave a comment. You know I want to read them. If you want to email us directly, you can do that at info at senditrising.com. If uh, you really want to hear the voice of a human, 702-263-0141 will get you there. Chat during the live show, 1030 a.m. And, of course, the podcast is available on Spotify, iTunes, and more. Thank you for swinging by the show today. We appreciate it. 
and uh, we'll see you for tomorrow's episode um, where we'll, we will be talking about uh, something that I have yet to research. Farewell for now.